This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we are celebrating the undefeated men's lacrosse team's rise to number one in the national rankings. The baseball team clinched a spot in the NESCAC tournament, and the rowing teams won the 21st annual President's Cup. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The men's lacrosse team went 2-0 last week, including a thrilling 19-18 victory over Tufts Tuesday night in Medford, Massachusetts. The Jumbos had a chance to tie the game with under 28 seconds remaining, but senior captain Fred Albrecht and the Bobcat defense held strong to clinch the win. Yeah, well, we knew that they really wanted to get the ball in 28's hands. Um, that's kind of their go-to guy. And just watching a lot of film, we knew they were going to pick for him, so we played those picks really well. We played really good team defense. Our D middies were playing very outstanding throughout the entire game. They were locked that swing pass down at the end, the dodge down from the top. So it was a very exciting last possession. It was nice to not even allow them to have a shot to make our, have our goalie make a save. But it was awesome to hold them there. Now you're the one who's charged to guarding 28, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so what was that experience like throughout the entire game? Because he's only a sophomore, but he's leading, one of the leading scorers in the entire conference. Yeah, it, he's, a, he's a very good player, but just a lot of film study on him shows that he doesn't really want to go left. He was, a, he was pretty hard over righty. So just staying on him, making him, force him, forcing him to that weak hand the entire time. And, of course, just having help from the defenders, allowing me to kind of press out on him and make his day, make his day harder than he wanted it to be. Now, that situation with the clocks winding down like that, there has to be a temptation taking you like a glance at the time. How do you avoid that? Oh, man. Honestly, you, I was not looking at the time. I was, I was trying just to make sure playing good defense and just making sure that not getting a good shot off. So, But, but the last 30 seconds, that was, that was very tense moments. And how do, you, how do you know it was over if you're, you, know, you, you don't see the time to do the rest of all the whistle? I, I couldn't hear. Yeah, so whistle, horn, everything. But once I think you got a pass off, and immediately after you got the pass off, we heard the horn, and that's just a very, very good sign right there because you know that shot doesn't count. Senior captain Charlie Faye scored six goals in the victory over the Jumbos. He followed that up with five goals in the Bobcats' 16-14 win at Connecticut College on Saturday. The victory moves the Bobcats' record to 12-0 on the season, the most wins in program history. Faye was named NESCAC Co-Player of the Week, and he is also our male Bobcat of the Week. Charlie, first of all, I want to ask you about the Connecticut College game, obviously. Bit of a long trip there, and then you're playing on grass on the road against a team that plays basically the opposite of your guys' pace. So tell us a little bit about the challenge of that and how you guys were able to overcome it. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a change of pace for us. I mean, playing on the grass field, they also play a zone defense. So uh, um, different play style and a much slower game, much sloppier game. So that was kind of something we had to adapt to. It took us a little bit. We weren't, we weren't there right away, but it took us a little bit to adapt, and we eventually figured it out. Yeah, because you guys have gotten off to some really fast starts this year, but not so much the case against Con College, right? Yeah, I think it was just kind of the combo of being like, shocked with their zone and then uh, the grass field and the sloppiness of the game in general. They also have probably the best face-off guy in Division Three lacrosse, which Sam, San Francis did an incredible job of tying up and giving us, a, giving us an edge there. But 
yeah, I think just the combo of those things just came together and uh, started for a slow start. You guys want to run the table, and you're one game away from having that undefeated regular season. What would beating Colby and you know doing that mean to you? Yeah, it would mean a lot. I mean, right now we're just kind of focusing on the next game, so Colby's the next opponent we have. And getting that win, I think, would be big for the whole team's morale going into NESCACs. Um, last year, I mean, we had a pretty bad game against Colby right before the NESCAC tournament and then played Middlebury and ended up losing. So this is really a big big game for as far as, like, pacemaking throughout the playoffs and making sure that we have a strong performance there. Pretty cool to see you guys leaping into the number one spot in the coaches poll this week. Uh, I mean, I know that polls are just polls, but that must be a pretty cool honor, right? Yeah, it's definitely exciting. I mean, it's exciting for the program. But, I mean, like I just said, we just got to focus on the next game. We can't really – get too caught up with polls or anything because it wasn't our goal at the beginning of the year to be number one in the polls at the start of the playoffs you know we want to be number one at the end of the season so we just got to keep focusing on the next game and while those things are cool and it's nice to see it's uh it's kind of something we've got to put in the back of our minds for, for a little bit for you on attack obviously we've talked about this before but you know your relationship with andrew melvin and matt listava seems to be a real great one there's lots of chemistry there and it looked like you guys were able to come up big when you needed against con college too right yeah, definitely. I mean, I love those guys. Um, I've been playing with Melvin for so long now. We've been roommates for probably three years, I think. So we're uh, definitely really good friends. And then Maddie came in, and he was, uh, couldn't have asked for a better addition to me and Andrew's style of play. And, uh, yeah, I think we just got to realize, the three of us, that um, if things aren't working right away, which they weren't, especially for me, I had a pretty bad first quarter, but, like, we just realized that eventually uh, things will start to click, and we know that we can just trust our trust the process, kind of, and uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, since you and Melvin obviously are you know great friends, roommates, and whatnot, that obviously translates on the field because he gets so many assists, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. He's a true facilitator. He really is. Um, when he has the ball, he just always has his head up. He's looking to make the make the next pass, make the play. But uh, he's also done a really impressive job of becoming like a much bigger scoring threat this year, and uh, I think kind of having him as the the two options of feeding or scoring is just a much bigger threat and opens th opens things up for me a lot. Now you're from Falmouth, and so being a a Mainer, what does it mean to you to have such a a great career in your home state like this? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I see it. there's a lot of support at the games from like Falmouth High School kids will come to the games and stuff, and um, it's cool. I mean, Maine lacrosse isn't huge, but it's definitely growing a ton, and it's pretty cool to see that grow and kind of be here and be a part of it, and then. Uh, hopefully give back as much as I can as far as coaching and other stuff. As a senior now, looking back, what made you decide to stay home when you decided to come to Bates here? Uh, it wasn't really like a I'm going to stay in Maine type thing. It was kind of like Bates was just a good kind of good medley of academics and athletics and kind of seemed like a good fit for me. And, I mean, the fact that it was kind of in my backyard didn't hurt, but it also wasn't like anything that was like, yeah, like I want to be 40 minutes from home. I was That definitely wasn't in my mind, but it uh, – it worked out. I mean, it was just a good fit for me. You mentioned the fan support. I mean, Bates alums are all over the place. You go down to Tufts, and it's basically a home game, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was actually just talking to someone about this. Con, con game, too. I mean, the alumni support is ridiculous. So when we go to a game like uh, Tufts, which is, has Boston right next door, and then uh, Con has New York City right around the corner. So you have all those alumni that are trying to come out and see a game. And uh, yeah, the support's, the support's been incredible from those guys, and uh, we feel it. Yeah, how often do you hear from, like, the men's lacrosse alumni specifically? Uh, yeah, I mean, the closer guys that graduated recently, we hear from a lot pretty much after every game. But then every once in a while, Coach will send us an email that he got from 
one of his alumni from the late 90s or something, and uh, it'll just be a congratulatory email, and it's really cool seeing that stuff, just seeing that there's people watching that have been in the program for a while, and um, they're happy to see our success. All right, well, one more regular season game, then the NETSCAC tournament, then the NCAA tournament. A lot to go, but a lot accomplished already. Charlie Fay, our male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. All right, thank you very much. The baseball team clinched a spot in the NESCAC tournament with a 4-1 victory over Trinity on Saturday. With Bates leading 1-0 in the bottom of the third, first-year Jack Arend delivered the eventual game-winning hit. Mole comes set the pitch. Arend lines it to center. That's going to fall for a base hit. Carter will score. Canavan will hold it third. It's an RBI single for Jack Arend, and the Bobcats lead 2-0. With one on and one away in the ninth, junior Jake Shapiro earned the save. The stretch and the 2-1 offering. Ground ball to third, could be two. Carter to Fox to Canavan, double play! Bobcats win! They're 7-0 in the NESCAC as Jake Shapiro locked down the save of the ninth for Bates. How about that? The Bobcats prevail 4-1 over the Bantams for their seventh consecutive victory in NESCAC play this season. Junior Connor Russell tossed seven and two-thirds innings of two-hit ball to pick up the win. When did you find out you were even starting today? A couple hours before the game, coach was like trying to make a decision about speed and the weather and that kind of his arm slot and all that stuff. So he called me at breakfast and was just like, I think we're going to go with you today. I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> Clearly you were ready to go. You held Trinity only two hits there and seven and two-thirds innings. What was really working for you? Uh, the two-seam was just, was just on point today. Guys were swinging over the top of it, a lot of ground balls. I didn't have that many strikeouts, so... A lot of guys, a lot of defensive plays that help me out. Yeah, it seems like a lot of weak contact. That's kind of like what you're going for. Yeah, I mean, I don't throw that hard. So, I mean, <laughs> mixing up speeds is uh, is kind of what I have to do to get by these guys. So, yeah, the defense made awesome double plays and all that stuff behind me today. I know last year, like, you were really – you picked it up at the end of the season. You really got into a groove. And it seems like this year maybe the same thing, kind of, getting stronger as the year goes along. Yeah, I mean, this season started off kind of slow for me. I wasn't having long outings. It was pretty short. But, yeah, it's picking up now. My last two starts have been pretty good, and today was awesome. So, yeah. How about the team right now? At this moment in time, 7-0 and in the NESCAC. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's ever been done before. So, <laughs> right. that's pretty that's pretty cool to see. I mean, yeah, we've just come around. We've come a long way. And, we win these next two, they'll set us up great for Tufts and playoff berth, ready to go. Trinity, a pretty good hitting team. They had the second most run score than NESCAC entering today's game. Uh, what do you see from their lineup, and uh, did, had you any scouting report on them at all? I mean, they're just ready to hit. Like yeah. that's I was able to keep them off balance, but they were up there swinging. It wasn't like I didn't have that many walls. They weren't sitting by pitches at all. So being able to just kind of attack them and make them swing, it worked out. All right, Connor Russell, thanks so much. Thanks. The Bobcats dropped a pair of games on Sunday to the Bantams by scores of 6-2 and 1-0. In game two of the doubleheader, senior Anthony Teleska tossed a complete game four-hitter and a tough luck loss. The Bobcats are still in first place in the NESCAC East Division. They need to take two of three this weekend at Tufts to clinch the division title. The softball team split doubleheaders with Thomas College, the University of New England, and Maine Farmington this week. Then they split another twin bell, this time with NESCAC rival Colby on Saturday, with Bates winning game one, five to two. Despite dropping the rubber match of the three game series on Sunday, the softball team had some big performances at the plate on the week, led by sophomore Andrea Russo. Russo went 15 for 30 at the dish, 
and stole five bases without getting caught. For her performance at the top of the batting order, Andrea Russo is our female Bobcat of the Week. First of all, your full name is Andrea, but everyone calls you Dre. When did that start, and what's the story behind it? Uh, it started in high school, and it was a, uh, a couple of the teammates um, that it was tough because a bunch of people say Andrea and right. it's not really it. So a bunch of the girls on the team would just shorten it. And plus they thought it sounded better like with cheers and stuff like that too. Um, and yeah, it just kind of took hold from there and I didn't really complain or anything. It, I mean, my dad may not like it every once in a while, but he's embraced it as well. And I don't know. It, I just feel like it fits my personality. So your dad wasn't a fan of it at first. How come? Uh, he thought of the rapper Dr. Dre <laughs> every single time. <laughs> uh, I think we've moved on from there, but uh, no, I love it. I, I love hearing it. It just, uh, I think it fits. For you personally this past week, uh, very good one for you at the plate. You're having a great year hitting 440. Uh, what have you been working on at the plate to continue to improve your game? Uh, I think just locking in and focusing on everything that I can do. Uh, so not making things too big. One of the things from high school that I've carried with me was what my coach would say. She would always tell me, keep it small, uh, keep it small, keep it simple. And I think that's the best thing ever because every single time I get up to the plate, there are times where you think like, oh, I can, like, I want to hit a double. I want to hit the ball as hard as I can. But in reality, you have to make it smaller and just think of contact and if you have good contact, then good things will come. You'll put the ball in play, and whatever happens, happens. And I think just uh, keeping it as small as possible and just one thing at a time really helps. Well, speaking of small, the, the roster for the softball team is about, what, 10 or 11 players maybe? So it must be a really close group, right? Yeah, we're, we're very close. We're all best friends, and I couldn't have asked for anything more. It's like we're we're a like, nice little family tight-knit, and... Uh, I think that brings some really good chemistry too, whereas some larger teams it's difficult to establish that, uh, that feeling. Um, and I think just being, I guess, exclusive, <laughs> um, I, is, it's pretty nice because you're able to have these really intricate relationships with everyone on the team. Now you're a sophomore now, but take us back when you were looking at colleges, what, made, what appealed to you about Bates? Did you come here originally planning to do indoor track, which you do now, and softball, or what was the original plan? Um, I was looking at a bunch of other NESCACs and schools similar uh, to here, and with those schools, I was just looking at playing softball. That was my primary, primary um, recruiting path, and what really brought me here was the academics and just how the I, I, coming in, I knew I was going to be an environmental studies major, and the department really drew me here but then what also was interesting was when I did come uh, for my overnight it was funny because I also met with the track coach and it was just having um, coach Barnes say hey like you're able to do both and then also hear coach Jay saying you're able to do both I'm like I didn't feel like I could leave one sport behind and in the past like I had to have both in my life and um, it's just been an amazing journey so far well, the indoor track team that's a much bigger roster uh, what's that dynamic yeah. like <laughs> um it's 
It's funny because I love how I just said for yeah. a small roster, I was like, we're like a family, like just very close relationships. But I feel the same way with the with the track team. But it was funny because my high school roster for softball, there were 20 girls on the varsity, so 30 girls in total. Um, super strong team. like, And it's funny because this is the smallest softball team I've ever been on. And I'm like, whoa, it's different. Because like in high school, I saw like these little clicks. And then for track, it's like, okay, I see little clicks like between, distance and sprinters and like jumpers but in the end like we're all together we're all like a big family and it's just interesting because I've always been used to, like I don't know, just running cross country and track in high school uh, I'm used to the big team and how that dynamic works but then coming to a softball program with a small team and seeing how a small softball team dynamic versus a large softball team dynamic works um, I think it's the sport really determines uh, how it is but no matter what both teams are very have, they both have great chemistry no cross country for you here though oh no I get I get bored if I run more than like a half mile um I mean I, I go out on runs on my own and stuff yeah. like that but stay in shape like maybe I'll like stop and like look at a bird or something but um I can't no like I was done after my junior year of high school Gotcha, gotcha. Now going back to you know softball, the team as a whole got a NESCAC victory over Colby over the weekend. Yeah. I know obviously Pelletier has been an impact pitcher right away, and it looks like Sam Feller is making a nice contribution this year as well, right? Yeah, um, it's really nice having two strong pitchers, uh, and I love it because after every single out, like they turn around, I make eye contact with them, and I just feel like I know that that they are confident in what they're doing. They are strong girls that can really bring it and. I, it's just amazing to have both of them on the mound. Um, KP has made a huge impact this year, and you can really see it. Uh, she brings a great energy, and then uh, it's also like you see that with Sam too. Both of them are just great people to have on the team, and I couldn't have asked for better pitchers. And I'm happy to be out there backing them up as much as I can. It must be encouraging to see all the young talent as softball, and this is a young team. Yeah, yeah, it's very young, and I know that coming into the season, I was a little hesitant because I would always look up to Karen. Like when I did my overnight, um, I talked a lot with her because uh, she was she knew I was going to be coming in last year, looking to start and really just be there with her, with her in center field, um, and me playing left. Um, so she talked me through a lot. She taught me a lot, and um, I'm grateful for that. And obviously it's helping me <laughs> um but uh it's it's also exciting because now it's kind of a role reversal where even though I'm a sophomore and she was a senior I feel like I'm playing a similar role with the girls that are in the field now and on the team now um because we are such a young team it's almost as if the sophomores the three of us are upperclassmen grouped into there but obviously like in terms of like captains and stuff like that we know our roles and <laughs> yeah and we let those girls take control but it's just guiding the the freshmen along um it's it's nice to see how well they've developed and um grown accustomed to how things run here Absolutely. So winding down the season, uh, you know, you have a number of games left. But what yeah. are some of the goals you have in your mind for the remainder of the year? Um, just taking everything one thing at a time. So one inning, yeah. one pitch, <laughs> one swing, one throw, uh, just keeping everything simple and enjoying every single moment. Um, I think that's that's pretty much what we should be looking at. and are planning to look at just enjoying playing softball together and enjoying each other's company competing um that's huge 
uh, especially with the huge NASCAC weekend we have coming up, um, just shaking it up, shaking it up the CAC. Like, that's all that we can do and all that we're looking forward to. Um, hopefully we get our games in yeah. uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, even though it's supposed to rain. But uh, that would be great, too, just bringing it because some teams may not be expecting. Well, and half the challenges here has just been playing games, right, at all because of the weather and all the rescheduling, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been difficult. <laughs> Um, it really would have been great to get a bunch of our non-conference games in before our first uh, weekend back after Florida, um, weekend playing after Florida, that is. And it's it's felt like Florida every single weekend <laughs> because in Florida we played eight games in four yeah. days and now it's like, okay, we're playing six games in three days or five games in three days and it's just a lot in short spurts. And um, it's... It's different, and versus last year, where everything we—I don't think there was one right. game that was rescheduled or anything like that—and it felt like a very long season. Whereas now it's like rapid fire. Like we had a little break, and now it's rapid fire. But um, yeah, it's—it's it's been interesting, um, and we just keep plugging along and keep playing our hearts out. All right. Well, Dre Russo, our female Bobcat of the week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The women's lacrosse team earned their second NASCAC win of the season with a 12-9 Senior Day victory over Connecticut College on Saturday. The Bobcats honor their five seniors, Sydney Coles, Joni Oates, and Tri-Captains Drew Barry, Kaylee McGuire, and Aaron Shea before the game. Shea not only served as one of the captains for women's lacrosse, she also captained the women's soccer team this fall. We caught up with the two-sport athlete to look back on her career in both sports. Throughout your career here at Bates, you've played both sports. Was that originally the plan when you first came here? Um, no, originally it was just to play lacrosse. And then summer was winding down, coming into freshman year, and I emailed Brett and asked him if he mind if I tried out for soccer. And him and Kelsey have a great relationship, so I got the okay on that. And I tried out, made the team, and just stuck with it ever since. Great, so what's the experience been like for you playing two sports here at Bates? Um, there's been a lot of ups and downs, definitely. Um, a lot of hard work. I've learned so much from the people who have been on the teams each year. Each season is very different, and I treat them as different parts of my life. And I think I could not have been set up better as a freshman going into lacrosse season because I've already had one season under my belt, and it just really grown me as a person more than as an athlete because I've learned how to deal with losing, winning, how to captain two teams and really just have fun while being at college. Sure, absolutely. And then senior day was this past weekend, got the win over Connecticut College. How cool was that? That was awesome. So our senior class, it's five people, mm -hmm. Kaylee, Drew, Joni, and Sid, and we have been best friends since day one. No one's quit, and we've been there for each other for four years, which is um, an accomplishment in itself. So we really just looked at each other before the game and said we have to get finished business on Garcelon one last time, and it was awesome to see the joy on the underclassmen's face, and hopefully that carries into next year for them. Sure, absolutely. And then for you personally, I mean, you know, four years at Bates playing two sports, I have to imagine the high point was last year for women's lacrosse making the NCAA tournament. Is that a fair guess? Yeah, so last year in general for both programs was um, we got two coaches of the year, Kelsey and Brett, and it was really just a breakout year for, I think, 
female and women's sports at Bates, just soccer and lacrosse, field hockey also did great. And um, experiencing that, I knew that it's hard to have two years like that in a row. So coming in this year, I was determined to work hard and get back to that point. But when you fail to do that, you learn a lot more sometimes than when you do win, as Brett usually says. <laughs> but it's been great. Yeah, just a lot of hard work has gone into it, and I just couldn't be happier with everything that I've gained. Well, and this week you have a, a, your final regular season game of the year at Colby for women's lacrosse. A win there, and you would have an overall winning record for the second straight year for the first time, I think, for the women's lacrosse program since, like, the mid-'90s. So is that, like, a big motivating factor for you all? Um, yeah, definitely. So Colby is always one of our favorite games. And usually we have gotten the W and have kept them out of NCAAs. So it's always, we're always playing for something. Mm -hmm. It's not for our postseason, it's to kind of give them a hard time. And we just love the healthy competition of the main schools. It's always fun. And usually girls, there's some sisters on the team and friends, so it's always a really fun game. Yeah, do you really know some of the players on Colby, like personally outside of lacrosse or anything like that? Um, a few of them, yeah. And just on all the NESCAC schools because yeah. it's just a community within itself. So it's always fun to get out there and kind of have rivalries within the team competition. Sure, and you've got to, as I mentioned, experience you know two sports and two coaches. You mentioned obviously Kelsey and Brett. Um, what are there some similarities and differences between how they approach coaching? Well, first off, they're both extremely nice, and our lives come first, mm -hmm. and soccer and lacrosse come second. They both have established family cultures in the programs, and just between the two of them, Kelsey, it just—I don't even know if I could describe it. It's just two different sports and soccer just being 90 minutes in itself and we have double headers it's all business 90 minutes you can't take a break and lacrosse being a shorter game um, we get more girls in the game and the coaching styles wait a lot faster so just different aspects and stuff like that just technically vary because they're different sports but the two coaches as a whole represent Bates Athletics like some of the best two coaches, I think, at the school. Great. And then uh, your experience being a team captain for both teams, what's that been like for you? That's been just an honor all around just to be able to install um, leadership qualities and show the underclassmen how to really balance a student and being an athlete here at Bates. And I just love being the one or one of two, one of three who is responsible for the team and can get them motivated, just show, lead by example, work hard, and just show them that it's really that easy if you just do a few simple things right. And then for you, in soccer, you're a midfielder, and then in lacrosse, you play defense, so a little bit more of the kind of the dirty work that goes behind the scenes, right? <laughs> yes, definitely, and I think just playing those two positions, um, Usually people who play the sport or know the sport know how much effort it takes to play those defensive roles. It's not as much glamour and glory as the goal scorers, but that has taught me just to put the team first always. It's not even a thought in my mind to ever be selfish, really. And I think that goes a long way for other girls who come from high school and have been the star, and then they can see someone who just is consistent, and that, that goes a long way within a team because everyone has a role. What are your thoughts on your final game in any sport here at Bates coming up this week? It's honestly very surreal. Um, 
I haven't been trying to think about <laughs> it in those exact terms. Right, right. Because <laughs>、um, it's a lot. I've been playing sports my whole life, and at Bates, usually go to school and practice every day of the year. So I'm just really looking to have fun and work my hardest, leave no regrets, and just really give everything I have one last time. The men's and women's tennis teams both beat Connecticut College on the road Saturday, with the men winning nine to nothing and the women winning eight to one. The men's team sports a four and three record in NASCAC play, and the women's three NASCAC wins so far this season are their most since 2013. Meanwhile, the track and field teams were in action on Saturday, with the women taking second out of ten teams at the Aloha Relays, and the men finishing second out of six teams at the Maine State Championships. The 4x400 relay team of sophomore Michael Soma, sophomore Mark Fusco, junior Rob Flynn, and senior captain Patrick Griffin broke the meet record with a time of three minutes, 21.26 seconds. And junior Adedire Fakariti was named the most valuable field athlete of the meet for the second straight year, winning the shot put, the discus, and the hammer throw. Wrapping up the week that was in Bates athletics. The rowing teams dominate the 21st annual Presidents Cup on Sunday, winning every single event against Colby and Bowden. Head coach Peter Steenstra updates us on the men's and women's seasons so far. Really nice day looked like out there on the water. How'd it go? It was a beautiful day. Yeah, it was real nice. We had a, a bit of a breeze at the very start of the day as the temperatures changed between the water and the in the air and. And so the first race of the day had a little bit of a, we had a little trouble getting the bows lined up、uh, for the women's novice fours.、Uh, but then once that got started, we were all set and, and everything was moving nicely. And it's a really exciting opportunity, I know, for some of the the younger rowers, right? Because the novice fours are just as important as the varsity eights in this one. They are, yeah. They, <laughs> the women's novice four is the is worth three points, just like the men's varsity eight. So, yeah. so yeah, we we be sure we're always sure to load that boat up with what we can because those are important points. And、uh, what do you see from some of your younger rowers?、Uh, pretty encouraged. Very, yeah. We have three women that were in that boat that are in the varsity eight right now.、Uh, so we have three freshmen up there,、um, and it, it it was a very strong boat to the point that when the varsity four went out on the water, the women's V four, which also was、uh, mainly varsity boat people,、um, you know, their part of their goal was to make sure that they beat that novice four. <laughs> they wanted to be sure to have a faster time than. Than the women or the first years. Yeah, because some of the biggest competitions within the team itself, right? Kind of.、Yeah. I mean, it, these aren't our priority events, these fours.、Mm -hmm. um, but we we throw our best people out there, and it's something I think they look forward to because they get to square off against the Bowden and and the people that do focus on fours.、Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and then you、uh, look at the you know the primary events, obviously for Bates, first varsity eight, second varsity eight.、Um, you know, obviously great job at the Presidents Cup, and then the week before, also the, the women's team there when they took on、uh, Wesleyan, the team that was co number one, they really made a nice statement. Didn't they? Yeah, they did. It, it was important for us to to not just win the race above Colby, but to beat them by as much as we could.、Um, that's just part of the deal. <laughs>、um, but it was it was a good、uh, training. Situation for us as well. Coming off a, a the break week where we did doubles through the week,、uh, we gave them a nice little break on Friday, but then practice again Saturday morning, which was a good hard workout, and then、uh, raced on on Sunday. So they are actually pretty worn out, and is, and still were able to produce a, a real good performance. The men had raced the, the night before, right? Yeah, they raced、uh, MIT on, on the Saturday morning, a real hard hard race. That was pretty exciting to watch.、Mm. Um, They 
lost ended up losing by two seconds but we're never more than one boat length down um, and in fact we were down three seats within the first 30 strokes of that race so our base output our base speed or the body of the of the piece is faster or at least you know it's very good and the only thing we need to add is a little bit of a start a little bit of a sprint which is kind of like window dressing <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, i was talking with eric a couple of weeks back there on the bobcast about the men's rowing team with the exciting opportunity this year to potentially qualify for the iras for those who don't know what the iras are what they mean uh tell us <laughs> <laughs> it's the intercollegiate rowing association and it's the national championship for men's rowing so everyone from cal washington harvard yale this is the big regatta um NCAA it does not sanction men's rowing. So our guys have never had a place to go beyond the National Invitational Regatta, which is what we are a part of. And that's where the NESCAC happens at the same time. For the first time, if we do, uh, if we're the top ranking varsity crew at the NIRC, um, then we would be eligible to go to the IRA and compete against all the Division I programs that are out there. So. It'd be a real exciting opportunity. Um, it would essentially mean that we are the Division Three national champion, for one thing. Um, but being able to go up there and just line up with the top crews in the country would just be a real treat for them. Yeah. So basically, only one Division Three quote unquote boat gets to go to the IRAs, essentially, right? Exactly. It yeah. would. It would be. Uh, we would have to beat Hobart because they'll be at the NIRC, and they've been a real strong program for a number of years now very deep with five or six eights worth of guys. Um, so it's uh, it would be quite the challenge, and, and our guys are, are pretty focused on it, pretty excited about it. Yeah, they seem really pumped up. Uh, when did they find out that they, they'd be eligible to uh, qualify this year? I talked to the captains about it at the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. just saying that it was going to take some, some planning on our part, and um, it, it's a carrot that you put out there, but – if it happens, we're going to have to figure out how to pay for it because there's no, there's no NCAA money behind this sort of a trip. Right, right. Where is it located this year? This year, uh, unfortunately, it's on the West Coast. Oh. It's in California. So we're, we'll have to go for some sort of an emergency fundraising thing or GoFundMe or whatever those things are called online. But we'll figure out how to get it done because – you know, this kind of opportunity, you don't know how often it's going to come around. Well, and as we know, half the battle's getting the boats there, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, I, I think we might figure out, uh, if it does happen, right, you know, we'll right. probably just find boats on the West Coast. But oh, yeah. it's all about getting the guys there and, sure. and, and all that. That's very exciting for the men. Obviously, yeah. they're pumped up. The women, I mean, obviously last year, national runner-up uh, to, to, uh, to Wellesley. This year, they beat Wellesley a couple times, so yeah. that must be encouraging. It is, yeah. Wellesley's crew is, is they're still they're still there and they're still yeah. deep and and they're going to get better. And same thing with Wesleyan. Um, uh, we from the results we're seeing, Williams has kind of been on a bit of a resurgence, and then Wesleyan just raced them and they beat them in pretty rough conditions. Mm -hmm. So things are are sort of moving around within the top uh, four or five group uh, crews. Then you add Ithaca into that, who just came out east uh, from New York and had a real good race down there in Worcester on Saturday. So they're clearly a top-ranked a top ranked crew as well. I mean, the times are interesting to look at, but the conditions are always completely different, aren't they? Totally different. Yeah. Um, here, you know, yesterday when we raced at home, we're, we had a bit of a headwind and a current, a head current. So that's why it looks, you know, our guys did the race in 635, whereas down at Tufts they did it in 550. Right. So you have that kind of variables. Um, 
some race courses are tailwinds, others are going to be headwinds. So, and, and you just, you can't base it all just on the time. Um, it's all about the comparisons between two crews that, that that's where the times come in useful. For people who may not be aware, how does the team go about actually qualifying for the NCAA championship? Well, they, you can get the AQ by, um, because of NESCAC is our conference. So right. if they finished as a top NESCAC crew, then that's the automatic qualifier. At that one regatta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's when that happens. Um, but other than that, it's it, it you know they are going to be taking the at larges from the strongest conference, which is NESCAC, mm-hmm. and then New York, and then um, you know that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. So most of the regattas leading up to NESCACs for the women are basically just warm ups, essentially. Yeah, everything is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the big championship regattas, the New Englands and, and IRC, those mm-hmm. those are a big focus for us. Um, most of our competition is either entering or just exiting their exam time, so they're kind of beat up, and it's a bit of an advantage for us. So we really, you know, hone in on on uh, taking advantage of that. How cool was it to finally utilize the new boathouse? <laughs> it was very nice. <laughs> it was very nice to have lights when we go out there in the morning. It was very nice to have heat when we come in from the, a, a cold row in the rain and all that. And um, you know, it, it, it's just been, it's been fantastic. It, it makes everything a little bit easier. It takes kind of the edge off both ends of the practice. And But as I told everyone at the, the Boathouse Grand Opening, it doesn't change anything that happens out on the water. You know, it's still going to rain. It's still going to be cold. We're still going to deal with ice, and you're still going to have to work hard. All right, Coach. Well, thanks so much. A great weekend, undefeated weekend for the men's and women's rowing teams at the President's Cup. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Next time on the Bates Bobcast. We'll tell you if the men's lacrosse team is able to finish their regular season with an undefeated record. They host Colby this Wednesday at 4.30, and they host a NESCAC tournament quarterfinal this Saturday at 1 o'clock. We'll also update you on the baseball team's quest for a division championship. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast.